You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. In 2005, the exorcism of Emily Rose terrified movie audiences around the world as it depicted the aftermath of a fatal exorcism and posed lingering questions about whether or not the character of 19-year-old Emily Rose had truly been possessed by the devil. But as unbelievably chilling as the movie's central story was, it had not actually been invented by some Hollywood screenwriter. In fact, it was based on the horrifying true story of a real exorcism that took place in Germany in the 1970s. Then, a young woman named Annalise Mikkel sought help from the church because she and her deeply religious community had come to believe that Mikkel was possessed by demons. Though Mikkel had been diagnosed with epilepsy, she grew convinced that something much darker was at work within her body, indeed within her very soul. Whenever she prayed, she heard taunting voices. Meanwhile, she was overcome with strange, sudden, and repeated compulsions to do things like tear off her clothes, bark like a dog, and eat spiders. Before long, her highly religious parents agreed that Mikkel needed help. In the modern world of televisions and airplanes, the Mikkel family reached back to a cure from 1614, an exorcism. For almost a year, two priests attempted to wrest the so-called demons from Annalise Mikkel's body. They subjected her to 67 exorcisms, some of which lasted as long as four hours. In tapes of these sessions, Mikkel can be heard screaming, guttural, unearthly screams, as the priests chant and try to use holy water to cure her. After 10 months, their cure killed the patient. Annalise Mikkel died at the age of 23. But although doctors argued at her trial that medical help could have saved her, a small but certain contingent remains convinced that Annalise Mikkel had truly, undeniably been possessed by the devil. You're listening to History Uncovered, brought to you by the digital publisher All That's Interesting, where we explore the untreated corners of the natural world and the world's past. I'm All That's Interesting staff writer Kalina Fraga. Today, we're discussing the shocking, real-life exorcism of Annalise Mikkel. Born in 1952, Annalise Mikkel grew up devoutly Catholic in the West German state of Bavaria. As a girl, she was good-natured and well-liked. She went to Mass twice a week, prayed often, and dreamt of becoming a teacher. But everything changed once Mikkel turned 16 and blacked out one day at school. She had no memory of the event, but her friends and family recall that she walked about as if she were in a trance. 
Soon afterward, she woke up in the middle of the night with a heavy feeling on her body and wet the bed. From there, Annalise Mikkel's condition took an alarming turn. She tore the clothing from her body, knocked religious icons from the walls, tore apart rosaries, hid under the table and barked like a dog, and compulsively did 400 squats a day. Mikkel refused to eat, claiming that the demons forbid her from doing so, and instead chewed on spiders, coal, and flies. She even licked her own urine from the floor. And once, Mikkel bit the head off of a dead bird. Toward her family, she could be increasingly violent. Mikkel ran uncontrollably around the house and flung herself about, often hurting herself. She screamed for hours. At night, she would only sleep on the stone floor. Incredibly, Mikkel still had moments of lucidity. She went to school where classmates called her withdrawn and very religious. And in 1973, she even enrolled in the University of Würzburg. Doctors diagnosed her with temporal lobe epilepsy, which can cause seizures, loss of memory, and visual and auditory hallucinations but medication didn't seem to help her. Mikkel said that she saw demons wherever she went. When she tried to pray, she said that she heard whispers from demons who taunted her and said she was damned and would rot in hell. To doctors doubtful of Mikkel's belief that something demonic had invaded her soul, she described her illness as being torn apart or being unable to be oneself. But by 1973, Mikkel no longer believed the doctors could help her. Her parents began to search for a priest, someone who could offer a different kind of cure to their daughter's distress. At this point, Annalise Mikkel and her family believed that she needed an exorcism. At first, the Mikkel family couldn't find anyone in the Catholic Church who wanted to perform an exorcism. They told her to seek medical help instead. That's because the Catholic Church doesn't approve exorcisms to anyone who asks. Since 1614, the Church has mandated that a person seeking an exorcism must fit specific criteria, including speaking in an unknown language, seeing distant or hidden objects, and showing abnormal physical strength. Priests evaluating the need for an exorcism have followed such guidelines since 1614. Although the practice of exorcisms is much older, it long consisted of unorganized rules and techniques. In 1614, the church officially released its ritual Romanum, which codified exorcisms for future generations. The devil, the church warned, goes around like a roaring lion looking for souls to devour. By 1973, the Mikkel family believed that the devil had begun to devour their daughter. Eventually, they found a priest, Ernst Alt, who agreed to take a look at Annalise and see if she met the criteria for an exorcism. He determined that she did. Alt said that she didn't look like an epileptic. He also noted her horror of religious objects, citing an incident when she couldn't enter a shrine because the soil around it burned her feet, and the icons sparkled so immensely that she couldn't look at them. He received approval from the local bishop, 
Bishop Joseph Strangel, who also sent another priest, Arnold Renz, a specialist in exorcisms, to help. Strangel instructed Bo to conduct the ritual in secret, which was normal for exorcisms in Germany at the time. Together, they began to plan an exorcism to defeat the demons inside Annalise Mikkel. In 1975, Ernst Alt and Arnold Renz began their work. At each exorcism, and it seems to have become clear to the priests that they'd need more than one, they waved a crucifix and uttered a few prayers, including Vade Retro Santana or Go Back Satan. All the while, Mikkel raged and roared. She had to be restrained, otherwise she'd bite and hit the priests, especially when they sprinkled her with holy water. Stop the dirty stuff, she screamed on one occasion, swearing at Alt and Renz. On another occasion, when Alt and Renz asked the demons to leave, Mikkel shouted, You old geezer, I'm not going to go out, you can keep babbling. Over the next 10 months, they subjected Mikkel to 67 exorcisms, some of which lasted as long as four hours. During these sessions, Mikkel told them that she was possessed by not one, but six demons, Lucifer, Cain, Judas, Hitler, Nero, and Fleischmann, a disgraced priest from the 16th century. The voices of Mikkel's so-called demons spilled from her mouth in guttural growls. Her demons can be heard fighting with each other in recorded clips of the exorcism, insulting each other in a way that would be almost comical if it weren't so deeply disturbing. Meanwhile, the exorcisms didn't seem to help any more than Mikkel's medication which she had long since abandoned. Mikkel rambled about dying for the sins of wayward youth and refused to eat. She broke bones and snapped tendons in her knees by compulsively and continuously dropping to kneel in prayer. By June of 1976, Mikkel weighed just 68 pounds. She had fractured teeth, bruised limbs, and black eyes. In her last session on June 30th, 1976, she uttered some of her last words when she asked the priest for absolution. Then she turned to her mother and said, Mother, I'm scared. The next day, on July 1st, Annalise Mikkel died of malnutrition and dehydration. She was just 23 years old. After her death, Alton Renz claimed to have seen stigmata on her hands and feet, marks which mirror the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and claimed that they had successfully exorcised the demons from her body. Unfortunately, their cure had killed their patient.
As news of Annalise Mikkel's exorcism and death spread, people in Germany reacted with shock and outrage. Her parents and the two priests, Alt and Renz, were arrested and charged with negligent homicide. At the trial, the horror of what Annalise Mikkel endured finally came to light. People sat in shocked silence. They listened to recordings of her exorcisms, in which her screamed obscenities cut through the steady chanting of the priests. In the end, Renz and Alt were found guilty of negligent manslaughter. They were sentenced to six months in jail, though that sentence was later suspended, and three years probation. Any other punishment, the German court decided, would be left up to the Catholic Church. Mikkel's parents, on the other hand, faced no punishment. German law stated that they had suffered enough already and would not face jail time. All four, her parents and the priests, said in court that they continued to believe that Mikkel had been possessed by demons. They seemed to have believed that they had no other choice but to try an exorcism. However, a doctor testified that Mikkel could have been saved with proper medical treatment, even if she'd received it just one week before she died. But the story of Annalise Mikkel doesn't quite end there. Although the priests involved in her exorcism believed that their work was done and that they'd freed her from her demonic possession, Mikkel's parents were not convinced. In February 1978, they exhumed her body to make sure it was deteriorating normally because, they thought, a possessed body would remain intact. To their relief, Mikkel's body had indeed begun to decay. The body in that grave belonged only to a young woman whose life was taken from her far too soon. In the decades since, worldwide interest in Annalise Mikkel has only intensified. Pilgrims who believe that Mikkel defeated the devil have flocked to her grave to pay their respects, and the popularity of exorcism films like the one based on Mikkel's life has endured. But no film could truly capture the tragedy of her story. Annalise Mikkel died young. She died a long, slow, tortuous death. And although some may see her as a martyr, at the end of the day, she was simply a victim. Thanks for listening to History Uncovered. I'm History Uncovered's producer, Kit Westneat. If you like the show, help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And be sure to follow the All That's Interesting and History Revealed pages on Facebook and Real History Uncovered on Instagram. Make sure you don't miss out on the new episodes and subscribe to the History Uncovered podcast. And keep up with our latest stories at allthatsinteresting.com. If you have a question about the show or just want to say hi, feel free to call us at 929-526-3029 or email us at podcasts at allthatsinteresting.com. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to their other fine shows like Legends of the Old West and Redacted History. Until next time, keep exploring. Hello all, Eric Rivenus with the Most Notorious Podcast here. Each week I interview an author or historian about a historical true crime, tragedy, or disaster. Subject matter ranges from gunslingers to Gilded Age murder to gangsters to fires to pirates to wild prison breaks. My guests bring their incredible knowledge directly to you. Please subscribe to Most Notorious on your favorite podcast app. Cheers and have a safe tomorrow.